from the KUAM Podcast Network, this is Arlene Live with conversation on island issues facing Guam and the Northern Mariana Islands. Now, here's Arlene. Friday, everyone. Today is April 4th, 2019. This is Arlene Steffi. I'm the host of Arlene Live, a podcast at KUAM Podcast Network. And I'm here at the top of San Ramon Hill tonight with three of my very close friends. To my left is Loling Sauder. To my immediate right is Annabelle Cruz and Rosa Palomo. Tonight, we're going to be talking about women issues. Last month was Women's Month, and then this month is Child Abuse Month. And so we are all mothers, and we are all wives, and we are all raised on Guam. And so we thought that we would give our perspective on a lot of the topics. So who would like to start? See, Rosa Salas Palomo is Tito Barigada. Hello, I'm Rosa Salas Palomo, and I'm from the village of Barigada. And uh, first of all, I'd just like to say, Arlene, this is my first podcast. But the topic today is absolutely um, something that is worth discussing, especially among us women. When you are telling your own life experiences, your own story, um, that is your story. It belongs to you. And that's something that no one can take away from you. Obviously, there are experiences in our lives that we don't want to talk about. In fact, if we had our choice, we'll probably just put it way back there and uh, cover it up with whatever else we can so that we don't have it come up. But life being life and, and people being people and the way our bodies are made up, they do come up. You never know when something during the day is going to happen and it makes you immediately think of something that happened for me, it could be 50 years ago because I'm way past 50. And it just hits you. It just hits you. But we dwell on our life experiences to help us cope with that. Now, for me as a woman, and I've said this to quite a few people, I believe that if I, I did not want to have children and give my, my children a name other than my name, which I dearly love, but society being the way that it is, the proper thing to do is to give your children the name of their father. And if I had not wanted to have children, I probably would still not be married today, as married as I am today. And uh, that was a choice I made. Um, that's not to say that the person that I'm married to my husband, Joe, is a person that I would not have married because I have been very, very fortunate. In fact, my father, when he was alive, used to say to me, I hagao angin Who needs enemies? You know? When your own father says it's your fault, he, he, never mind what the reason was, it's your fault. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we here are extraordinary in the sense that we do a lot of traveling by ourselves. Mm -hmm. I wish that he would come with me because then I wouldn't have to lug my 50 or 60 pound suitcases, you know, around with me. I try to stick to one bag, but me being me, 
especially when you're traveling during the winter. You know, you can't just bring one bag, but that is not the way it is. And he never says, well, if you can't carry your bag, you can't leave. And I think even if he did, I'd still leave. So there are opportunities in my life as a married woman that I don't believe I could have had as a single person. It proved to me that there are, made, there are men that were made in heaven and were matched on earth for each and every one of us. But it's a work in progress, right? I think it's a good segue for uh, somebody else to take the mic. Rosa married Joe Palomo and the only husband that she's ever had. The three of us, Loling, myself, and Annabelle, have been married multiple times. Loling twice, Annabelle and I three times. So there's a lot to say about the fact that Rosa was fortunate enough that she got a man from heaven. I don't know whether, <laughs> whether she did or not, but I think that she's underscoring a lot of her own personal development in the relationship. And this is why I asked these women to speak with me today, because it takes two to marry. And I think that, that, that you might all agree that when we, when we did agree to get married, even the first time, we had a forever in view. But things happen. And in Rosa's case, obviously, her development as a wife and the, mar the man that she married, they managed to work things out. They were a little more extreme on Loling, in my case, as well as in Annabelle's. So I'm going to allow each of us to speak to our own story. I am not afraid to speak out, whether privately or publicly, because I believe that the truth is my biggest asset, and I'm not afraid to admit what has happened. I take full responsibility for the decisions that I've made in the past, but I do not take full responsibility to the abuse that I've had to live with. I do also take responsibility for the decisions that I've made, whether I would stay with it or not stay with it, and how I would handle it. And so as an individual in this community who has spoken out about women's rights, women's issues, uh, even from the family standpoint, the only thing that I do not speak of publicly is sex life, because that my husband has asked me not to do that, and actually the Bible has also said not to do that. And so those are my guiding uh, principles in, in that I respect both my husband and God very much. And those are things that are the most private that I will not share. However, in the matter of being a mother, being a, a wife, and one who has suffered personally from uh, family violence and adultery has caused me great pain over the many, many years. I have since learned to cope with that, to be truthful with it, to face it not to hide it, not to deny that it occurred with me. And the very first time I think that I had to speak about this publicly was when I was pregnant with my last child, Spencer. And so I will now pass the microphone off to Loling because she's the second eldest in this group. And let's hear what she has to say about marriage and then some of her personal experiences. Thank you, Ar. Well, uh, as you mentioned, I've been married twice. Actually, in the real sense of the word, I've only been married once because my first attempt at marriage was not successful. And there were many reasons why that 
uh, my first marriage was unsuccessful. You know, often people will say, well, it must have been his fault because you're such a nice girl and you're, not, you're such a nice lady. But uh, all, all relationships uh, carry equal burden in my eye. And uh, I was not the kind of partner that my attempt at a first marriage, uh, you know, my, that spouse needed. And uh, he certainly was not the kind of partner that, that I needed. And so we had to discover this the hard way. And a lot of women in our community have to discover this the hard way. Because as, as you said, when we get married, we get married for life. And what I realized, uh, you know, about seven or eight years into my relationship was that I was married to the idea of marriage, but I had no real marital uh, relationship. And I also believed uh, and came to know that my, that marriage is, is formed in grace. You know, if, if you're a believer, uh, you believe that. And if, if your marriage is not filled in grace, then, then you, you have to realize that sometimes it's necessary to, to step away and acknowledge that what you thought existed didn't exist. It's a very difficult thing. Um, it was very tumultuous for me because uh, I married across race. I married across uh, religious um, grounds. I married a Muslim. I, uh, I married him when he was um, in a Western context and had been for a long time, so there was no reason to believe that there would be a fundamental change in his uh, responsibilities or his attitudes. And then he was called back because he was the eldest son. His father died. He had to take care of his mother and sisters. And um, that began the journey that I experienced. People will ask me, do you regret that you spent 15 years of your life did you throw your 15 years away? You know, I, I don't regret it because all of these difficulties give us the opportunity to reveal who we really are and the kinds of strengths we have, the weaknesses we have, and to get to know those weaknesses so that hopefully we could turn them into strengths. But I, you know, I had a very, very wonderful relationship with my mother-in-law, with my sisters-in-law, and unfortunately, they had to shun me, you know, and uh, pronounce me dead to them. And so I haven't been able to pursue those relationships. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot. And, and all that I am today um, is, is a combination of all those, all those lessons of life, hard and, and soft, you know, good and bad. And so... I did know coming out of that relationship what I didn't want. It was very clear to me what I did not want. And I was determined that I would never marry again. I mean, not, not anyway try to marry again. And so that's how um, I met my husband, Sammy. And he was a very good friend. And so I shared all of this with him from the get-go and told him I hate this marital arrangement. It's never going to work, this and that. And he and I began to cultivate a friendship that really lasted for many, many years. In fact, I knew him as a friend before I married. And he counseled me against marrying because of my faith, you know, because of how um, strong a, a Catholic background I come from and how disparate the Muslim reality would be. 
And I thought to myself, who are these guys that tell me what to do, you know? So I went on my merry way and made my big mistake. But in retrospect, it cultivated a friendship with me and Sammy that that lasted for many years before we actually uh, began to explore the idea that uh, we would marry. And so he also came out of a bad marriage of 22 years. So he had it over me by years. And we both had to discover... We both were clear about what we didn't want. What we needed to do was figure out what we wanted. And I think that that's a lot of, of um, that's the advice that I would give to, to women, young women who are listening, who are having difficulties, is to get to know who you are and what you want. Because if we're honest with ourselves and clear, then we can offer ourselves as full partners. But when we're in doubt, when we're confused, when we're uh, when we don't believe in ourselves, then you really can't be a full partner. And marriage requires full partnership, you know? So a lot of people think that you go 50-50, um, but 50 is 50% less than your whole self, right? And yet you can't, as we talked about this before, you can't go 150 either because you don't have, you don't have that extra 50 to offer. But the whole, the whole idea, and, and I think the, the, if people often ask me, what's the magic uh, between you and Sammy, is that we had, we had the opportunity to build a really strong friendship. Mm-hmm. We got to know each other as, as people. We got to know each, each other in terms of the way we wanted to be treated. And we really articulated that. Now, Sammy and I have a very rich talking marriage. As you know, we both yes. love to talk. And we talk all the time. We talk, we read, we, we're constantly discussing. We wake up in the middle of the night because we have an idea. And we wake each other up, and then we talk about it. And that continues to nourish our friendship. And we talk through every difficulty. Because he and I are very, very strong, you know. Uh, but I thought you were a nice girl. Well, I am a nice girl, but (laughs) nice girls can be very strong girls too. And um, the 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 whole idea of of compatibility. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, you're never going to find a partner who." I mean, if you want to be a strong woman and you want to be an active woman and you want to be in leading positions wherever it is that you are, you're going to have to marry a, a wimp. And that's really an unfair statement, yes, you know, yes. because if just because people don't see your spouse by your side doesn't mean they aren't always with you in spirit. And that's the thing that that gives me the strength and is really characteristic of my current marriage, my marriage to Sammy, is that we walk together. We really walk together and we keep another, each other in check and we balance each other out and we do for each other. In, in ways that are very special, very, um, you know, very private in, in many ways. Uh, everybody knows that Sammy makes me my breakfast every morning. They're not alone at, in this boy yo you know, and tagwini tagwini. You know what? He makes my breakfast every morning because he wants to make sure that I eat. Because when he's not here as now, he's, he's off island. He calls me and says, have you eaten? Have you had a cup of coffee? Have you had a piece of fruit? Lo, get up off your chair and go do that. Because he knows how I am. So even in those small things, uh, you get a real powerful sense of the partnership that that he and I have discovered and built together. So uh, 
every single person is different and every story is different. And the way that we tell our stories is different. And we're all known to be very strong women. But our strength does not come in spite of the men that we associate with, but in harmony and because of the kind of support that they give to us. So I think that that's very, very um, important to, to know and understand. This is Arlene Live, and we've got more coming up in just a moment. Hey everyone, I'm Ken Nicholas, and I love movies. No, I mean I really love movies. And if there's one thing I enjoy more than dissecting plots, questioning casting choices, and challenging scenes, it's debating with my friends and their opinions about their favorite flicks. You can't handle the truth! So join me and my cohort of cinephiles each and every Tuesday for Real Talk, right here on the KUAM Podcast Network. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. We cover best of lists, actors' top roles, and don't pull any punches when it comes to giving props about what's big on the silver screen, streaming, and on video. Ah, I'm Just make sure to bring your own popcorn. So lock in our show by subscribing to our feed on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, or on your favorite podcatcher platform. Last week, Janice. What's it made of? Your mom's chest hair. That's Real Talk, each Tuesday, right here as part of the KUM Podcast Network. Speaking of which, let's go back to your show. I guess the only thing I can say is I'll promise to keep rocking and rolling and making better films. Now, more Arlene Live on the KUAM Podcast Network. That's a very good point. Let's hear from Annabelle. They said uh, quite a few things that I totally relate to. Um, For myself, my own personal story... um, I was married three times. I was married at 18 uh, to my first boyfriend. And um, that marriage was um, very empty, extremely empty. I felt very alone the entire from day one to the day I said no more. And... It was at a period of time where you don't tell anybody, you just keep quiet. And especially I was working, I was the main supporter, we had a child, uh, he would be out, he was in a band, he was going, he said he's going to continue school. And for many years, he went to school, um, or so I thought, and he went to work. And at one point, I thought he had a job, but he, but he really didn't. And I, I was the main supporter at that time. And unfortunately, I don't remember one period of time where I felt happy or elated or satisfied or, or any of those things that I feel I'm filled with today. But that was my journey. Um, and I was the devoted wife because that's what I was told that I needed to be, and I followed suit. Um, the second time around, it uh, took my husband over a year and a half of him 
um, what's that word when they just keep following, uh, pursuing, and uh, just just popping up. I would be jogging with my two friends, and he'll just pop up out of nowhere, and I don't know him, and he wants to date me, and and uh, so of course I don't pay attention, and I move on, and and so eventually. Um, we started talking, and because of other family relationship, that's how that started. And I, I finally uh, started dating him, and he, he was a really good man, and he was very much in love. I was very cautious, and uh, his family didn't, or at least his parents didn't believe that we, we should be married. The mother wanted him to marry somebody else. And um, he continued to pursue me, and um, we did get married. And um, the first, it was a wonderful, delicious um, relationship when it was wonderful and delicious. And every once in a while, um, just because of insecurities on his part at the time, I didn't understand any of that. I just thought he was insanely jealous. and and uh, But at the same time, he was over-the-top uh, possessive, and he was just totally in love. And he'll, he'll interrupt a priest at church, or and he'll interrupt anybody because of, to just to tell them how much he loved me and... And so it was very confusing for me, but I was married to him. And halfway through that, I changed. I changed. I was no longer willing to be spoken to in front of public because I'm very... um, demonstrative and I'm and I'm this one husband thinks because I'm turning everybody on and it would drive him insane this husband now loves the fact that I'm friendly and he just and he loves it well you've heard him say many times I go in a room and then it's going to be good because because of my, he's more shy. Once he's good, he's good. But um, I was my own person. I became my own person in that relationship, the, the second marriage. And so I think that had a lot to do with the wonderful way it turned out the second half of the marriage. It was very wonderful. And even um, even with the family, they, they finally just realized and gave in. And I even went and got my master's, even though at the very beginning, they were very, very upset about that because, you know, my husband was told, why, why would you want to give up your career just because your wife wants to go to school? And so... Uh, but there was a, a plan that was beyond my capacity to plan or my husband's. That was my journey. And so I did get my master's, and he died very shortly after. 
he, when I asked him, I went, I was trying to get all my staff. I, I just ran out of candidates to go get their master's. We had a program for them to do it and no one would do it. And so finally, uh, someone asked me, why don't you go? And I said, I don't know. I'm not sure that my, my husband would be into that. So I went home and I asked him and he said, babe, let's go. What are you waiting for? Let's go. And I said, what about your job? And oh, no, to hell with your job. You're smarter than my job. You're smarter than me, and we'll have a better life, and let's go. I'll consider it a uh, vacation. I'll take care of mom and the kids. You, you worry about your education. And he did. He took very good care of my mom and my children, our children. And so I did get my master's, but two, two months before, he, he got his, I got my master's. He had been sick the whole uh, two years, but it, it became worse. And then uh, what happened was he, we kept going in and out, in and out. We went to, finally we went to, um, back to the hospital and he, he said, you're not sending me anywhere you need to test me because something's I'm telling you something awfully wrong with me you can't keep doing this and so he got tested he and went did some lab work and then we got a phone call went back and he said I'm sorry to tell you but you have um, pancreatic cancer stage four and um, we've set up an appointment with oncologist well, I'm a social worker, I'm a probation officer, law enforcement, uh, you know, that kind of investigative work, that kind of, and training, that kind of, uh, that was the area of my work. And so the word oncologist, pancreatic cancer, uh, stage four, um, I set up an appointment with the oncologist. I. I had no clue what they were saying. Didn't know what stage. So I had them write all those things down, and I asked if there was a library. Went in the library, studied everything, then it hit me. And so we set up all the appointment. We, I drove. He drove himself to to um, the unco- the for the first chemo. He was his healthy self. He walked out that door looking like the, the life got sucked out of him. He looked like an old man all of a sudden, and my husband was only 44. He could not obviously drive himself home, so I drove. And I was worried. I said I, I didn't want to leave him. And he says, babe, we came here to get your education. We are not leaving here without your degree. That's the most important thing in this world right now. You do it. So we ended up doing it. And uh, I, I completed it. And then we came home and, and uh, passed away very shortly thereafter. And so that was my journey. Then... Um, I married my current husband, who, it, it, 
it's the most calm, soothing uh, relationship. And I think because of his own experiences and mine, we were ready. We were made for each other. That was all in God's hands, I believe. I don't think either one of us had any anything to do with it other than to respond to the fact that we pla- we were placed together several times. And the relationship here is very, just like with my husband who passed away, even though it took a while, it, it's a lot calmer and the journey is a lot smoother. There's a lot of collaboration and uh, consensus building and and just honor and respect for each other because we were both at that age where we were a lot more mature. And so he walks in and on it. He has a, a, a very good respect for women. Uh, he honors women and... Um, and he, he's, he's a great partner. We discuss, we do the same thing, wake up in the middle of the night, uh, and we do a lot for each other. We don't have to, we don't really have uh, to duke it out. <laughs> because I, if I feel very strongly about something, he pretty much goes with me. If he feels very strongly about something, then I pretty much go with him. And so uh, it's a it's a very good time in in my life, even though I've had wonderful times too. In in while all the pain was um, happening, I there was always a period. And so that's what we hang on to. Uh, it it's our journey, our story. Uh, each of us have similarities. And we have differences, and we just, what we do is we give our, I believe in 100-100. It doesn't go 50-50, it doesn't go 150 one. It's, uh, and sometimes we carry the 100, and sometimes the spouse carries the 100. And, uh, and if we're able to arrive at that point in our relationship, then we're, we're in a good place. Also, I believe very strongly that uh, the spirituality, spirituality is very critical. And uh, I think I'm blessed because the spirituality part is also stronger on my third marriage. Don't go away. There's more coming up with Arlene Live on the KUAM Podcast Network. Start your day the KUAM way with our new streaming shows on Facebook Live each weekday. Here's your starting lineup. Mondays will give you a glimpse into our morning meetings with the KUAM news team. Tuesdays, join our group chat with Chris Barnett. Wednesdays, it's crime time with the island's law enforcers. Thursdays, get the latest info with Dave Delgado, who's in the zone. And Fridays, we get Fit AF, fitness and fun. And the best part, all our shows are completely interactive, so you're directly part of the conversation. Join us Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. Start your day the KUAM way. Now, back to the conversation with Arlene Live.
I wish I was only married once. You know, it's hard. People say, what? You look at me. I'm, and I'm an, uh, I don't fool around. I don't, we admit these women are sitting with me. We don't fool around with, we don't let people, we don't let men come and abuse us either, but uh, because we're very much our own people and we're not going to tolerate that and we have respect for others. Well, the, the one common denominator, at least, that we all have, because I know Rosa and Joseph personally too, is that it is that discussion. It's the partnership. It's the friendship. I know that Rosa saw Joseph when they were, she'll tell you, but I can't, I, I love the story, so I'm going to tell you. She saw him when they were young, and she said, I'm, I want to marry him. She was attracted to him, and, and, and the, the wonderful part of that is that he also was attracted to her. I'm not that automatic. I don't look at somebody right away, and there's not something about them that I'm attracted to physically. I'm not attracted to the physical part of a man. Um, I, I love their company. I love the way they smell, I like the way they sound, I like the way they move, but I'm more, I'm more attracted to the intellectual part of a, of a man, as I am to the women here at, these, at this table. Every woman in this table has been my friend for most of my life. Rosa is the one I've known the least, but with Rosa, I connected with her the minute I saw her, the minute I saw her, and it was because I listened to what she had to say. My greatest strength, I think, or my greatest um, skill is listening. And when I hear someone talk who makes sense, that's a person I want to hang on to. I am, I, you can, the flowers and all these other things, that's very nice. But the intellectual part of a person is really what attracts me. And I have to say that in my current marriage, and I was married to two other very bright men, and I will say this publicly, when Jerry Roberts found out that Bob and I were seeing each other, he literally went up to Pete Marwick Mitchell and he said, you know, a lot of men go after R. And uh, she's a tough cookie, but she sucks the brains or sucks things out of you. She will be there as long as she can learn something from you. And then I don't know what's going to happen. And it was kind of like he was warning Bob. And you know what Bob said? Bob looked at Jerry and he said, she's going to be here for a long time. I didn't know this until much later. But that's what Bob Steffi does for me. Bob Steffi is a very intellectual person. And I think when we talk about friendships, we connect with each other because there's something that we can contribute to each other's friendship. I can tell you that the women at this table, Rosa, Annabelle, Loling, and I, do not always agree on things. As a matter of fact, we have very strong opinions on things. We are very convicted on matters. And I think equally our husbands are as well. But with Bob, Steffi, and I, when one of the biggest assets we have is that we also talk about everything. And I love the fact that when I want to talk about it, whatever he's doing, he makes time to listen. He'll stop whatever he's doing. He could be at his computer doing somebody's return, and I'll walk in, and, and I'll just start talking because it's in my head, and I, I want to deal with it. I'm the person that wants to deal with this now, and he'll look at me and stop. 
if he's in the living room and he's watching the news, which I have taught my children, when daddy's watching the news, don't disrupt him. I forget that all the time because the only thing that matters is what's in my head. And I need to talk to him and I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not even aware that the news is on. I go over to him on the recliner and I'll start talking. From the hallway I start talking and the TV goes mute. He stops it, he looks at me and he'll listen to what I have to say. I'll sit down on my chair and I look at him and we discuss it until I'm satisfied. And then I get him walk away and I'm fine. I've had my fix, like we settle that issue and he can get back to whatever he's doing. He never complains. I think that's what makes our relationship so successful is that we're all intellectual women and we are very fortunate that our husbands come back with it or, or, or deal with it. Sammy, on the way down here, Annabelle was saying, you know, I don't know Sammy. I, I know that Joseph is a farmer and I know that Bob's a fisherman because I reminded her that I knew how to clean a fish. And she goes, oh, that's right. I, she goes, well, what does Sammy do? I said, Sammy could actually contribute more to this discussion if he was here than Joseph or, to, or John or Bob. Our husbands on this side of the fence are very shy. They're, they they don't all often come with us. On this side of the fence, <laughs> it's almost hard to separate Sammy from Low, and Low from Sammy because they're together. They have a lot of interest together, and so they're doing things together all the time. I need my space, but I do have lunch with Bob as often as I can. As a matter of fact, since we started seeing each other, we ate lunch, and to this day, we still do, and that's the time that we, that we connect with each other during the day, and then we connect e with each other again at night. Annabelle is retired, John is retired, and they're always together as well. Rosa is still quasi-retired, retired, but she, she and Joe have their own interests, and I'll let her explain that, but I think that the biggest contribution that the, the, these women can offer you as women listening out there or even as men listening out there is that if you're going to enter into a relationship, remember that it is a relationship. It's always two of you. I talk to Bob about everything. And he says to me, Arlene, you don't have to ask me how much to buy or how much to spend. You have the credit cards. But I feel an obligation to at least let him know that I'm going to make this purchase. And so I continue to do that. One other thing that I don't do, and I don't know how you women are, you might want to speak about this, I never open my husband's wallet. I never, ever, ever open my husband's wallet. I never, ever, ever look at his email. I never, ever, ever open his mail. And I I don't do that because I was raised with privacy. My mother, my brother never walked into my bedroom. I have never walked into his bedroom. And it was only last year that I said, Philip, what did you have in your room? And he looked at me like, that was such an absurd question. But honestly, I never did. My mother never opened my mail. We were all, I mean, I could have had marijuana in my house. I could have ice. I could have had everything in our house. Mom never walked in my room. I was responsible for cleaning my room. So we were raised with privacy first. Respect first. My brother was never allowed to hit me. He was never allowed to touch me or whatever. I, on the other hand, pushed the envelope. I wore his clothes. But it was because I felt very uncomfortable growing up as a teenager, dressed like a girl, going to school, being coming into my own physically, 
and feeling stares and 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 even the attention of te of male teachers i felt that and so i came home and i said philip i'm going to wear your clothes which he didn't like but that's the extent of where i crossed the line with my brother phil so would you be willing to share some of your the way you are with joe in well as arlene said I actually did fall in love with my husband when I was in fourth grade. He was a grade higher than I was. And what I remember vividly is I saw him walking on the road and I just stared. I don't think he knew I was staring, but I, I remember feeling if that was love, then I must have fallen in love at that very moment. Now, that was elementary school, mind you. I was in fourth grade. Well, fast forward, when I was a freshman in high school, we actually got to know each other. Oh, no, even back, back I mean, go back a, a couple years. Later on, I found out he had joined the seminary, or his grandmother had made him join the seminary, and I just, okay, there's no way I'm going to argue with you. <laughs> and I let it go. I let it go, and then the next thing I knew, I saw him driving his car on the road when he's supposed to be at the seminary, right? So, I, you know, just people would say, well, you know, he's out, or I would see him at church. And then when I was a freshman, because that would have been eighth, ninth grade for him as a freshman, he was, what, 10th, 11th grade? And um, then we just, you know, we got, we got together. We, we got together. But then he joined the military, and that was, you know, that was it, okay. And then when I f found out that he was in Vietnam and then did two tours in Vietnam, I remember saying in my head, and I actually told this to him later on, I said, you know, the first tour, okay, but the second tour you volunteered for. And it was just like you were, you know, asking for it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he was blessed, and he came out of that tour, and then in 72... I received an engagement ring in the mail. And in those days, you know, he would call and it was over and out. I mean, it was that kind of phone call. I mean, I went through the over and out era. <laughs> but shortly, I mean, you know, just be, in fact, it arrived almost on my birthday. And it's just, he always had very, at least for me, he always had good timing that engagement ring and it was such a tiny 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 diamond but it was my ring and he gave it to me and then the next thing I knew he called and this is Joe so <laughs> over out <laughs> yes over out <laughs> we got married two years later because my brother, older brother, uh, according to my parents, needed to marry his girlfriend. So we hung on. And you know, the Mononko, they believe in this uh, superstition that if two siblings got married the same year, something was not so good was going to happen. And um, then I just didn't want to go, you know, go contrary my parents' wishes. So I said, I'm going to be married the very first Saturday of the next year. My brother got married in November. I got married the first Saturday, January 5th, the following year. 
and we've been married since. And every, every, not the very first few years of our lives, we didn't do this, but every year since I think our 25th, uh, we will make sure that we would go to church and have our marriage blessed. I mean, it's not a renewal of vows. We just always ask the priest. Um, if the priest knew, he'll call us up or afterwards or before the mass, we'll ask him to just bless. And even when uh, after I got my, I had my surgery, you know, I was still kind of bedridden. So Father um, Vincenzo will come every Sunday to give me communion. And on my anniversary, I said, Father, can you come on my anniversary and bless us? And he made this little cute card, right, with the blessing and with our names on it. And, you know, 45 years, it was just so heartwarming. My husband is, a very, is very, very different from me, that I will say. I mean, he is, he is probably my opposite. I mean, I am... But Annabelle will attest, he's very quiet. Yeah, very gentle. Me, if I have something to say, out it goes. And then that's it. With him, you know, he keeps it to himself. But I know, I mean, he loves to garden. That's how he, you know, you guys had very stressful jobs, right? And when he comes home, it used to bother me. How come he doesn't even come in the house? He actually had a change of clothing outside because depending upon what the day was at work, he will just change and go down to his garden. And he has a garden that, to me, there's no rhyme or reason for it, but that's his garden, and he never asked me to help him. Um, I'll go and volunteer, but once I uprooted the plants, I didn't uproot the weeds, so that was the end of that. Stay where you are. The conversation continues with Arlene Live when we come back. Middle of the ocean, but this paradise is teeming with people with all sorts of amazing abilities. Benita Baby was nothing but hair accessories. <laughs> I had some little barrettes um, that we were making and headbands, our little like knit bow headbands. And that's all I started out with. And I decided shortly after, you know, I had been sewing for a little while that I was going to put it out there. Whether it's artists who create visual masterpieces, creatives inspiring others, people who compose and perform moving pieces of music, athletes taking their game to the next level, or entrepreneurs coming up with innovative solutions, there are a ton of folks here doing incredible things with their gifts. And I want to introduce them to all of you. Women, not just guys, women could come in and feel like they're there to train, they're going to be taken serious, they're, they're not going to be hit on by dudes. Yeah. They're going to have their own space. You know what I mean? They're going to be respected as just another practic practitioner of, of this martial art. I'm Jonagan Charfris, and I invite you to join me on the KUAM Podcast Network for Fistful of Talent, where I sit down with people discussing their visions and dreams and sharing the secrets of their success. In the avenues of, mm -hmm. yeah. of Step. you know, being in the creative life and then what's, what's the next thing? Just subscribe to the KUAM Podcast Network on SoundCloud iTunes, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcatcher platform, and prepare to be amazed. That's Fistful of Talent each and every Friday. Thanks for listening. And now, let me get you back to your show. iTunes, Talent. The conversation continues now on the KUAM Podcast Network with Arlene Live. 
my husband served as probation officer, and both Annabelle and um, Arlene, I think Arlene knew my husband before I knew Arlene. I think Arlene and I got finally got to know each other in 2004 or 2004 when I did my 70s study at, at the university. But he really is my opposite. It's kind of amazing how we got together. But I found that very, I, I thought he, com to, he complimented me. And I'd like to think I complimented him. <laughs> I know he's not the talker, but I know where I can get him to really talk because if when and when and if I go down to the garden, I tell you the discussion and all the plants and when they're going to uh, bear fruit, uh, when we can pick them, um, and then he starts to talk about things. And my husband, one of the things that I would ask him about is his experiences as a military personnel. He was in the military for six, seven years. But he was always very cautious. And then I was very curious about, you know, the Vietnam era. That was our era. I was, the war started when we were still in uh, the latter part of our grade school into junior and, and high school. And then all of the guys in Barragata, because I'm from Barragata, were all leaving. They go into the military, and then the next thing we know is that they're in Vietnam. They come home from R&R, &R and they talk about so-and-so. And I was just, you know, very curious, but it was like pooling teeth. And when I go to functions and I see guys who have been to Vietnam, and they just talk about it like it's... I mean, they talk about it so freely. And I hear what they have to say, I have to say that I'm so glad my husband was not like that, you know, I, because I viewed his not being verbal about it as being, that was a very serious time in his life. And the, uh, the events that he witnessed were not things that he would have wanted to continually talk about. And, and he protected me from that. And that was the same thing with my father. He protected me from his sufferings during the war. Very rarely did my dad talk about working. I mean, I know that he worked at the airfield at uh, Halagwek in Tizen, but, and he, I know that some of his relatives were beaten, but believe me, so-and-so Tinisus, you know, Tomoru was beaten, and that was the end of that discussion. And, and I'm, I'm hanging in there, you know, more. More, but more never came. And when I asked, it was like, you know, for another time. You know, he never said anything really um, harsh about just to keep me quiet, but he'll say for another time, which never came. So I don't know a whole lot of their history during their, their experiences during the war because they protected us. But anyways, back to Joe, the, I know what he likes. He knows what I like. I remember when I went off to UCLA, uh, I would come home every 11 and a half weeks. You know, that was something I asked him. I says, can you please just try to bring me back every, every quarter break? <laughs> and we racked up a humongous American Express bill, which we eventually paid off, but I came home every 11 and a half weeks. And I remember coming home. He knew that I really liked to dance, and my husband's very... You know, he used to say, I need to drink a couple before I get on the dance floor. And I'm going, 
does anyone need to have a couple before? I know, but I came home and one day he says, let's practice. He had gone to dance lessons. I mean, this was what, 10, 15 years into the marriage, right? And I just said, wow. I mean, I was absolutely elated. So now when we go out, he still has to have a couple drinks. <laughs> but we dance. We dance, right? Um, and that's okay. I'm patient. I mean, he's more patient, but I can wait for my dance. Um, the other thing that he has learned to do for me, my husband doesn't drink coffee. But he drinks coffee because I drink coffee and I make him coffee. Today, he makes my coffee for me in the morning. And he brings it upstairs. And then sometimes I have him bring it back downstairs because I'm going to go down and eat now, honey, so I can take my, my, my medicine, right? Or because I have to leave early. Now, sometimes his coffee is just halfway. He drinks only a little bit of it. But, you know, it's, some people say, well, you know, you're wasting coffee. Well, you know what? It's not wasting coffee because I sat and had coffee with him, even if it's just a little bit. Those may be very minute things, but those are very important things for me. Yeah. The other thing, I'm a, I'm a bit of a romantic. I mean, I don't have the doors open. I don't think I ever remember the door being open throughout our marriage. You know, when you're going to get in a car, I, I, I really honestly can't remember that. But every occasion, I mean, starting with the, the new year, you know, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, my birthday, on down the line, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all the way down the line throughout the years, those special events, our anniversary at the beginning of the year, I will get, even if it's one rose, and he would use whatever money he had, and if only one rose was all he could afford, I will get my one rose. A few times I got a dozen roses, but after I enjoy those dozen roses for a day or two, I'll say, okay, let's take it up to Santa Maria at San Vicente San Roque Church, you know? And when the day is kind of passing and I'm not seeing my rose or roses, I'm going, okay, but pretty soon you'll surface. And he loves this. I'll be right back. Then he comes back, and pretty soon my roses are on the table. You don't need a dozen roses or yellow roses or white roses. I mean, one rose. And to this very day when I travel, even when I, go to, when I went to Tinian just last week in Saipan, when he came to pick me up, there was my one rose waiting for me in the car. It's... My daughter used to think, oh, mom, I want to find a man like dad. I said, don't hold your breath <laughs> because they're far and few in between. I says, but if you do find somebody, it works both ways, you know. So um, I think he has been an excellent role model for, for my, my children. I think in my life, one of the things that I really worked hard at was to making both, my, both families equal in how I deal with things. Mm -hmm. uh, a very easy example for this is I, ha I was very fortunate to, for my mother-in-law, Joe's mom, to have lived for several years of our marriage life. 
And um, she was, she's a fantastic woman. I mean, she was a hard worker. And, you know, she was able to raise her family because Joe's father died when he was 13, I believe. Um, and that's where he learned his farming skills. And he has some stories, too, but that's for another time. Um, but if I, I, I remember my mother saying to me, don't, we know who you, who you favor, because you can't not favor your own family, your bloodline. But to the extent that you can, try to treat them both equally. And my version of that advice was, at Thanksgiving, if I am giving turkey to one family, the other family gets turkey, too. If I am, I've never donated a pig for either one, but if, if I was going to, then that meant I had to purchase two pigs and get them both roasted. Both roasted. Never just go put, <laughs> deliver it, right? Um, and that has worked for me. I mean, we've had, remember the strike back in 1980? Teacher strike? I mean, you know, the Palomos were very, very uh, strong. Their position was very strong and very visible. And I went against them. And I just said to my husband, maybe they forgot that we have kids in school. You know, we can't afford to put our kids in private schools, uh, but my kids are more important, and I will cross the picket line anytime. And it took a while for that to heal. And my mother-in-law, you know, when she was ill, was the one who healed that. She initiated and, but I honestly do not feel any animosity. They did what they believed they needed to do, but I also did. And my husband never took sides. I said, you don't have to take sides. Um, but I need to know that you are on the side of your children. So it's, uh, it's amazing how we were able to work these things out, but we didn't have to go through you know, let's powwow this out. It, it, because he just wasn't that kind of a person. But it worked out uh, for us because he will say what he has on his mind and I will say what I have on my mind. And then we try to figure it out, even if we do figure it out quietly. But I, too, have never done, like even something as, e as simple as loaning money to people, it doesn't matter whether it's five, ten, or or five hundred dollars. We always let each other know. I mean, just this morning, he needed to go and get some money because they're going to start working on our windows, right? Because you know, our shutters are the old-fashioned shutters, and it just takes a lot of energy. And we're both getting old, and I've never been upstairs to close those shutters, so I can't even say I've offered. But um, you know, I told him, I says, you know. When I talked to him in the afternoon, I says, if there's a way you can go back and just get me $100 too because I need money. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, but he got what he needed to get to give the contractor or the person who's going to work it. But even something like that, he'll come home and say, you know, I took some money or I would do the same thing. Um, most of the time, I'm asking him to go and get it for me because... I'm just lazy like that to go to the bank, just like to go gas my car. But you know, he's, he'll say, I'll get up early, and he does. He gets up early, goes to gas the car. 
once I told Arlene, and I think I said it earlier, is I know my limit. I really know my limit. Uh, it's very rare that I see him upset, but you know, we've both, both been upset. Uh, but one of my, my adages is not to go to bed mad, angry, you know, and um, that has really helped. I mean, there's a couple of times when that didn't occur, but to the extent that I can try, um, I do try. And um, if our children have ever witnessed us arguing, it would be very, very limited, very limited. Um, you know, God has blessed us. He has really blessed us, but we do, as you had mentioned, from the get-go, we have been very spiritual. We, you know, we're active members of our church. Um, the priest calls, Pali, Suilu, Tom, Joel, Vincenzo call, and it's, when do you need it, Father? Or, you know, things of that nature. We, um, it's, it's just so much a part of our lives, and neither do we want to change that. So our Lord, our family, you know, um, is very, very important. And I believe that for us, we are both secure. Uh, and we, you know, one of the things that I always say is when we leave our house during the day, and it doesn't necessarily mean we know where, every, where each other is during the day. You know, we just go about our business. Sometimes we'll tell each other we're going to go do this. But, you know, you sometimes make other stops. Sure. Um, but we know where to go at the end of the day. And that has been very, very, very instrumental for us. We know where to go at the end of the day. We can gallivant all day. And, but at the end of the day, we're where we're supposed to be, you know? So 45 years with this man. Thank you. Um, but it's a work in progress. January 5th. This is Arlene Live, and we've got more coming up in just a moment. Buenas and I'm Lacey Martinez Francisco. If you're hungry or have a passion about everything food, then I've got just the show for you with me. Each week, I bring you Foodie Call, a show about all aspects of how we Guamanians enjoy our cuisine, preparing it, consuming it, sharing it, using it as social currency, and talking endlessly about it. We also profile people in our community who are masters of their crafts in working with food. Whether you eat with your eyes or can't wait to fill your stomach, or if you're a perfectionist about the process, you'll enjoy Foodie Call right here on the KWM Podcast Network. So lock in our show by subscribing to our feed on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, or on your favorite podcatcher platform. And get our freshest episodes delivered right to your device when we're done cooking them. We'll see you then. Cue a plate. Now, more Arlene Live on the KUAM Podcast Network. Okay, well, the the one thing that you brought up, uh, Rosa, is the issue of money. And there are usually two reasons why people get divorced. One is over money, and two is over adultery. And those are the two leading 
reasons. And then, of course, with family violence and everything, usually it's a result of not having enough finances, not having enough money. I think that that doesn't come automatic in marriages. All of us, we have to develop that, right? You have to build on that. Money is the last thing on my mind. I would prefer to just carry my credit card. And he goes, Arlene, you can't travel without cash. And so inevitably, no matter what, he's always giving me cash before I go in, even if it's just to buy a drink or, you know, not a lot of cash because I don't like carrying cash because I don't want to lose it and I don't want someone going for my purse and then it's gone. If my purse is stolen, then at least I have credit cards. I can immediately stop it, right? But if it's cash, that's out the door. And I can't track it. I can't have him track it either. You know, he's a CPA. He looks at everything and he knows exactly what I'm spending my money on. And But I think that knowing Sammy, knowing John, and knowing Joseph, in comparison to Bob, I think that all three, too, are very generous men in many, many ways, right? Not just the money part of it, but very generous men. Sammy has his own way of showing generosity. He's, I come in the door, would you like coffee? He, he is, a, he's a gracious host. I just have a thing with people wanting to feed me all the time. <laughs> he wants to give me a drink or something. And yeah, she, she should do it. Bob's the same way. Bob's always trying to give me a drink or whatever. But the generosity, when I go to Rosa's house to see Rosa, Joseph immediately goes into farmer mode. He'll get me water. He'll get me a drink. He'll bring me bananas. He'll give me a, 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 a papaya. Whatever the garden is has to offer, he has it in a bag ready for me to leave with. And John, if I want spam, because John likes spam and corned beef, if I will go up and, babe, Arlene's here. Cook the spam. <laughs> It's like, do I walk in your door and you think spam? <laughs> but I think it's his, it's just his way of having companion, right? And John doesn't disappear into the room when I come, which I love. Because he stays there. He hangs with us and he gets into it with us. And I know he doesn't do that with just anybody. He's, he's actually very shy. But that's how comfortable he is as well, right? And with Sammy, always trying to contribute. Can I add value to this conversation, women? He's always, that's his favorite. Can I add value here? And when I say no, he has a fit. <laughs> he goes, but I can add value. And so sometimes I just do that to press the buttons, you know? I mean, but... I think the generosity uh, of the men is another reason why that we love them so much. Bob, when I was when I was dating Bob, uh, Bobby Leon Guerrero, now deceased, my cousin and former business partner, she and I were roommates, and we had a townhouse in Tamuning. And she said to me, "You either tell him to stop sending these flowers, or I'm going to tell him because I feel like I live in a mortuary." <laughs> Bob would send flowers forever. He would buy fruit. He's always bringing fruit. When somebody brings something to the office for him, he won't eat it. If it's one cookie or if it's a, a roll, a cinnamon roll, he'll wait until it comes home. Vanessa and Emily and everybody are there, and they know. He brings it home to me. He brings it into my office. He brings it to my computer, and he, he said, here, this is for you. Even So the rose... I get the roses, and I get the peach roses, 
And he spends special money on the peach roses, even though I don't celebrate the holidays because I'm a Jehovah's Witness. He does. And he he gives me dozen roses or dozen something for, for you know my birthday or our wedding anniversary, which I always forget because it's the last thing on my mind. I'm married to him. That's the blessing for me, right? I don't need the constant reminder of it. I'm just grateful every day that that he picked me because I did not pick Bob Steffi. He picked me, and he said the reason he had to do that is that my batting average sucked. sucked. <laughs> so he had to change the game. <laughs> I, but, you know, again, Joseph, very similar. John, very similar. And definitely Sammy, very similar. So you have something to add to that? Well, I mean, the the key to a solid, profound marital relationship is friendship. And when you and your husband are best friends, that's the greatest kind of, of uh, chemistry because you care for each other. You care about what you say with each other. You know, early on, mom used to say to us, Never say something, and dad too. I mean, this was their philosophy. We never heard mom and dad being mean to each other, ever. And I would ask mom, don't you get upset with dad sometimes? She says, hey, sometimes I want to kill him. And I said, well, but you never, but you never, you never, uh, you know, you're never angry with each other. You know, She said, Nana always taught me that you never want to say something you can't take back. And words you can't take back ago. So don't say it if you know it's going to have, if it's going to hurt. And so I learned early that you don't use words for weapons and that you use words for love, you use words for understanding, for uh, helping each other uh, clarify something, for building knowledge, but you don't use words for weapon, for weapons. And for people who who you know, our profession is words, right? Because we're speakers, we're teachers, we're writers. Uh, words matter. Yes. And so Sammy and I are very, very deliberate about the words we use with each other. And we don't pull each other down. Because who suffers? We suffer, you know. And we suffer because we can't stand the fact that we were so mean and stupid. And so, but it really has helped because it helps to shape the way we deal with controversy elsewhere, right? And um, I know often people will say, how can you keep your cool? How can you, how can you just be so calm? And I said, because in that calmness is where I find my peace, where I find my strength. Everybody has to discover that. Uh, and, and I have to say, without a doubt, Sammy has helped me has led me, has forced me, has has challenged me, and has loved me into that discovery of that sense of peace, that sense of uh, security, and that sense of, of knowing that somebody in the world really loves me more than I love myself, you know? Aside from God, of course, who loves us uh, in no matter which way we, we go. But aside from that, really... Um, I know this man loves me to pieces, all of me, all of my quirks, and I have many, all of my idiosyncrasies, and I have many, all of my, you know, oh, brother, uh, you know what I mean? I'm a hard cookie to tolerate, too. You know, when he was, 
uh, when he asked me to marry him, I was teaching at the university, and I'll never forget, he would write me these uh, phrases, and my, you know, my, the, the young women that I was mentoring uh, who would work with me in the office, uh, they would get a hold of, of one of his phrases, and they would plaster it all up, you know, in that computer paper that had holes and, you know, those dots. They would plaster those signs all the way around, and... You know, he he would uh, he was very poetic because he is very romantic, and uh, he and I would dance. He would I would get mamalo, you know, and talking about courting. Uh, he would say, "Can I have this dance?" And we'd be like at Payless Katsu, <laughs> and you know, and I'd say here, and he'd say N here and now, and then I would just like dance no. with him. And I didn't, I, if you knew me when I was, you know, after I'd come back from my combative relationship, I was very, I was called Iron Woman at the university. And you want to marry her, they would say, you know, and even his Samoro when he noticed that we were, you know, uh, on a talk show, right? And Sam, and I was there to translate for him. Uh, and he said, and then he would say, Mm-hmm. Fanan gua something. something. But like a dog, you know, kept asking Sammy Dog, what's going on between the two of you? And Inusentonia, Inusentonia, si Sammy, like, yeah. Oh, um, Jesus, we're, we're going to be married. The next, like, Jesus, the next, after the commercial, anuncia todo. Yeah, but uh, Sammy, of course, Sammy has had his ways, and he's been, in, he's been here a very long time, and... He and I are strong. We argue a point, you know, not to the death, but we argue the point to the death, but to, to point of clarification. But when all is said and done, we do it with respect. And we really hold back on the hurt, which we know will be our own demise, you know. And that's, that's been a, a really stable factor in our relationship, is that we are friends first and always, yeah. And and that helps, you know? And I tell young women when they say, how can you, I said, "Have you? do you guys talk? Do you share? Do you dream together? Do you, because that's where, how you cultivate and nurture your friendship. You cannot do it by yelling at each other and insulting each other and slamming the door against you. You can't do that. And Rosa, what you said about never go to sleep without resolving a conflict, that's our cardinal rule too. And, you know, because we're, we, we're cuddly when we go to sleep, right? I'm going to be turned around. That's not just going to work because he's also very cuddly to, toward me. You have to want to be close to each other, right? And so we resolve that it's not going to work if we're upset because then it's fake. And we promised each other never, no fake, nothing, right? And it has to be real or not at all. And so that has helped us, really. That has been, those are the rules that we set for ourselves that have uh, helped us to, to cope with the, 
with the Cao Cao. Don't go away. There's more coming up with Arlene Live on the KUAM Podcast Network. Hey, everybody, and what is going on? Jason Salas here with KUM Digital, and I'm going to get you right back to your show in just a moment, but I am popping in to let you know about the amazing opportunities you have to sell your brand, get customers for your service, or promote your event on all our library of podcasts on the KUM Podcast Network. Our shows have global distribution and are sent to all the major podcast directories and devices, from mobile phones and tablets to laptops and smart speakers to integrated TVs and all on demand. By running an audio ad on the KUM Podcast Network, you'll guarantee timely exposure and market penetration for your stuff and see immediate results no matter what your end game or actionable items are. You want to drive downloads for a cool new app that you've built? Done. Want to see your restaurant gain an instant surge in foot traffic? Easy peasy, man. Does your business need some sort of boost? All you got to do is plug a promo code that ties into an incentive and see measurable, tangible results that very same day. Podcasting is the internet's fastest growing ad platform, and you can reach customers and partners now. To find out more about our ad opportunities and how podcast plugs can work for you, get in touch with us at podcast at KUAM.com. Just think about it. Your ad could be running right here instead of my shrill voice, and your business would have a big leg up on the competition. So don't let this opportunity to connect with customers, extend your reach, and increase your effective exposure pass you by. Get in touch with the KUAM digital marketing experts by emailing podcasts at KUAM.com. That's podcasts, plural, at KUAM.com. And let us put together an effective marketing plan for your stuff, just like this ad has been. See what I did there? All right, everybody. We're going to talk to you soon. But for now, let's get you back to this podcast. Now, back to the conversation with Arlene Live. Okay, well, with me, I don't have the cardinal rule of not going to sleep without resolving an issue because the issue is resolved very quickly. And I'm nine years younger than Bob, as you all know. But because we talk everything through, and because he listens to me, you know, he allows, he, he looks at me and listens to me. And even if he disagrees with me, and we've, we've gone back and forth, but Bob, and then he goes, but R, but Bob, but R. And then he'll, when, I, when, when it's done, I'm sitting there and, and he's sitting there and he'll get up and he'll get a, a tangerine or whatever and the piece. Or, or I'll do it, you know, I'll, I'll go over and I'll kiss him. And that's my way of saying it's over. So I don't, neither of us holds a grudge. I don't know how to hold a grudge. Um, in the beginning, when I was younger, I was confused about a lot of things and I didn't know how to resolve it because I don't like that feeling when you're angry. I, I really hate that feeling. You know, being research associates, that's at some of those meetings at the, at, at the, at Mark, that I am very vocal and I am going to make a statement, but I don't take it away with me there. It has to be stated because we need to fix a problem. And I'm, I will go after you if you're responsible for something, but that's it. I can later go up to you. I will go up to you and I'll hug you because I don't like, 
I'm not vindictive and I don't like that anger sitting in my heart because that's that's not where I where I put anger I put anger on the table <laughs> it's it's got to be discussed and it's left there and then I may not understand why you do the things you do or whatever but I'm not going to not forgive or not move on and so with Bob I don't have that issue I do want to say that growing up where my I, in a family where my mom and dad loved each other so much uh, that's the kind of marriage I wanted. That's the kind of marriage that I thought everybody had because that was my role modeling, right? And the, uh, the, the, the feeling that I got at the end of the day when my parents were in their room and the doors were all shut, including our rooms, our, our doors had to shut at night, um, I would hear them talking in that undertone, very loving undertone. They're discussing something that they need to discuss just among themselves. I don't have that with Bob because we discuss it all day long. And by the time we go to sleep, we're asleep. I mean, and he says that he couldn't do that anyway because as soon as my head hits the pillow, <laughs> I'm out. So, And I think Vanessa can attest to that now. She travels with me. She says, do you realize 20 seconds and you're gone? <laughs> what, a, what a gift. Right? So I don't have those issues. Annabelle and I have been friends as forever in probation and we've had to go through a lot in probation we I, I didn't go through as much with her because I'm a lot more assertive than Annabelle was and so at the time. yeah at the time she came into her own person but because of that because she lacked that assertiveness in the beginning she got picked on more and we were talking about that on the way down here where the judges would say to me Brooks, I want to see you in, in my in my chamber. Where with her, they would they would say, "Oh no, she's here again." Do you have to drag things out and you know things like that? So, I think a lot of it is that part of it is we're women. Part of it is that we have this image that wait a minute, you can pick on that one, but you can't pick on that one. And they know, right? They know which ones they can pick on. I have always been told you are too far ahead of your time, and I'm thinking. No, you are way behind your time. This is the time to do it. But we've been at this now for a while, and we've discussed a lot of uh, personal things. And so uh, we're going to wrap it up, and we will come back again next month. We've agreed that we'll do this uh, on a monthly basis. But I want to thank everybody tonight. Would you like to say something in closing, Rosa? I think in every aspect of our lives, it's not always, you know, happy and dandy. I mean, we have our ups and downs. And as I have told my children, and I have one in particular, it's how we cope with that particular issue that makes the difference between what other women do and what I do and what we do, you know, is with this particular group. And, um, you know, it's, I find myself having to think through, if I did this, what are the consequences? If I did this, what are the consequences? And it's not necessarily the list that has the least consequences because it doesn't mean that the, one, the choice with the least consequences is actually the best one for that particular situation. Um, the more that we can work with our spouses, with our significant other, in making decisions, the better off. But the reality is we can agree to disagree 
at some point. Um, and with, I think, respect is one of the things that has come out of this discussion. Loading has emphasized friends, being friends, um, but also respecting, and I believe also the, our spiritual convictions has been one of the, another reason why we've been, we are where we are today. Well, for me, it's uh, the love and the commitment we have for each other. Um, and included in that is spirituality, having fun, and wanting what's best for not only ourselves, but our partner. And in that vein, you know, we have a much better chance. Our odds of a successful marriage is uh, increased. Well, Sammy and I always talk about, and we've used this phrase with each other since the day we first married. And we've said to each other, we live to make each other's dreams come true. And really, that's what we do every single day, you know. What are you dreaming today, honey, that you want to do so that I can help in every way possible to make that happen and provide the support and vice versa? Whatever it is that we're doing, small or big. Uh, and, you know, often he does the laundry because I'm out in my meetings, right? So, uh, he, in fact, he does the laundry almost all the time now. And occasionally I'll do it and he'll say, honey, why didn't you do the laundry? Uh, you know, I, I'm depriving him of this greatest pleasure. And he says, Lo, because I, I want to lessen your burden. And I think that, that if we look at life that way, that we, want, that we really want to lessen each other's burdens. And, we, and the key to doing that is to understand the heart and mind of the person that you're married with. And you can't do that if you don't have, if you don't have a friendship, if you don't cultivate the friendship. And you certainly can't do that if you don't communicate. So put down your cell phones, take away your distractions, and spend time together, because that's the only way you're going to become best friends. Okay. One of the things that, that happens all the, you know, very, very frequently in my marriage is my husband will be stopped and say, why, why you, they admire what he does for me. Uh, he could be at Costco and he tastes something and he says, wait, 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 can I have one for my wife? I want, I think my wife would love this. And, and people will stop him. Wow, I wish my husband could be like that. And he said, let me tell you something. And he tells this to hundreds and hundreds of people. A happy wife is a happy life. <laughs> I have respiratory issues, so that's why I sound so hoarse. But uh, we, we want the best for each other. And of course, the spirituality and comes right side by side with that. Okay, so in closing, I also want to say that I married my best friend. And when Bob asked me to marry him, I told him, I said, you better think about this because I'm going to com complicate the hell out of your life. And he said, I'm ready for a little complication. I said, no, 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 not a little. You're going to, you have no idea. But he's, he's uh, met the challenge. Um, 
everyone here at this table knows Bob, and you might too if you're listening, and you also know me. And uh, like Lo, I'm not a I'm not easy to uh, put up with or live with, but. When you do marry your friend, at least in the case of all four women here today, we're with our best friend. And when I'm upset about my husband, I go to my friend. And I'll go to him and I'll say, I need to talk to my friend because my husband's being a pain. And he says, what's wrong with the husband? And I'll tell him. I'll tell him straight to his face, looking at him, telling him how he's behaving as, as a husband. And then he'll say, okay, I'll talk to him. And I'm very grateful that Bob is my best friend. He really completes me. He empowers me. And he, if you do anything to me, and he's demonstrated this before, not to my embarrassment, but to my relish, if you hurt me in any way, Bob Steffi will be in your face. And that is something, that's another quality that Sammy has, and that's another quality that Joe has, and that's another quality that John has. And I think that we are all very fortunate to be married to very strong men. You have to be a strong man to be married to these strong women. <laughs> but you don't need to be a strong man to be married to a strong woman. You just need to love her. Because at the very basic, a woman wants to know that she's loved, and a man needs to know that he's respected. And that's one, that, that's one thing that all four of us do. We respect our husbands very much. We have God in our lives as center. My husband and I do not have the same faith. As a Jehovah's Witness, I can do what I can do to make the marriage work because I've made the change, as Annabelle mentioned it's up to me. So even though we don't have the same belief, I affect Bob because I have made the change, and I think for the better. And so thank you very much, husbands, Bob, Joe, John, and Sammy. And thank you very much, listeners, for hanging with us here on Arlene Live on the KOAM Podcast Network. Adios, everybody. You've been listening to Arlene Live on the KUAM Podcast Network. Join her every Monday for a new edition. Log on soundcloud.com slash KUAM news or listen anytime. Scroll down and click on Arlene. We welcome your feedback and suggestions. Email Arlene, R-L-E-N-E at ArleneLive.com. Thanks for listening.